Welcome to Aligned Attraction, the go-to intimacy podcast for powerful women. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Lee Noto, master intimacy coach and psychedelic therapist, and I help powerful women like you unleash your wild feminine power so you can create heart-throbbing love. Each week, you'll hear from me and other experts on love, sex, and relationships, and I'll also coach women like you to create the most delicious transformation in their love lives. You ready? Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of The Way of the High Priestess. I am jazzed because today I am joined by Dr. Gertrude Lyons, and she is doing some incredible work in the world. We got to have a really powerful conversation just a few weeks ago on her podcast, which I'll include in the show notes, but she is a leading edge trainer and educator in human emergence, lifestyle, parenting, leadership development, career, relationship satisfaction, and success. She is huge in the space of women's development, and through her work, she inspires people to take control of their own personal transformations. She's made it her mission to challenge traditional notions of mothering by facilitating raw, open conversations around mothering, womanhood, and parenthood that no one else is having. And you are going to hear one of those conversations right here today. She has spent the last 18 years empowering individuals, couples, and parents to bring out their best selves through helping them realize meaningful, successful lives with the aim of bringing new perspectives on personal transformation to as many people as possible. And really her mission is to help women reclaim their lives through mothering and create a safe space where women can express their dreams, fears, and truths around motherhood. We are all mothers and together we can support and empower one another to be the best versions of ourselves. Gertrude, welcome. I'm so happy to have you here. It's such an honor. And I'm so excited to be, as you said, back with you. And But to be on your show, I'm just very grateful and thrilled. Yeah, same. So the, the first thing that stood out to me when I started getting to know you through social media was this concept of mothering. Mm-hmm. Now, as someone that doesn't have any children of my own, that kind of sparked my interest because it's not a journey that I relate to yet. So you often talk about mothering being for everyone. So tell us more about what mothering is exactly and why that's a journey that we can all go on, particularly as women. Sure. No, it's such a, um, just to give a quick backstory on how that, you know, that aspect of the work I was doing came to be, which I, so I'm so grateful for actually, but because I was, when I did my doctorate, I was, my whole study was on raising women's awareness on the transformational opportunity in mothering. Um, but I was, you know, I will say, honestly, kind of focused on preparing women who wanted to have children. So the study I did um, drew a group of women together that did not have children, but were at and various stages of either wanting them for sure, weren't sure, you know, kind of that whole gamut. Um And what I realized when I did that and got this particular group of women together and work that I had been doing myself in my own mentoring and coaching and, and, and development through the Wright foundation and Dr. Judith Wright, you know, which was in the back of the mind, I kind of threw it into the, 
into the seminar as, you know, just something to add a perspective, which was this concept that we that we all mother, that all women mother, actually all human beings mother. We have a mothering, you know, aspect in all of us, uh, the value, the, you know, the everything from the noun and adjective, it lives in all of us. But um, when I presented that to the group that, hey, you know, wherever you are in your journey, we all mother, everyone has the capacity. And particularly when you look at the, the literal makeup of a woman in a womb and creativity, and, you know, it's not just metaphoric that we have a womb, like we create that's in our being, it's our essence, right. To, to conceive, you know, to conceive, create and give birth, not two children. Sure. That's miraculous and amazing um, experience, but also to dreams, our careers, relationships, anything that we're, you know, focusing our, our caring, our concern, our energy, you know, in a, in a really, you know, everything from intense to not, you know, we can mother something kind of, or, you know, full out. Um, but that the most important person we needed to mother was ourselves. And that just hit such a strong chord with all the women. I mean, everything that I, and we'll be talking more about rewriting the mother code, but that particularly just gave so many women so much more space, right? Like it, it just allowed them to kind of let go of the like, you know, myths that I outline around, particularly around mothering. And one of them being, well, I'm not a woman if I, I'm not really a woman if I don't have a child. Like, you know, that's this patriarchal notion that has been built into our wiring and just our system so strongly that that's what we're here for, right? Yeah. Like that's yeah. why we were put on this earth to, yeah, you know, birth babies and raise them. And like, really? Like, that's like our whole reason for being, it's certainly one beautiful one, but I, I think we all know, and we know it intuitively, but you know, it just, it's been wired in so strongly. We all kind of believe it in there, you know, but this yeah. gave an opening to loosen the grip of that and, and start letting go of it. Mm. There are a couple of things that you shared that I really want to get into because, you know, on this podcast, I talk directly and indirectly about this archetype of the high priestess and who the high priestess is in our modern day embodiment. Mm. And one of the things that I have found to be the most powerful for me was healing my mother wound with my biological mother, but also mm-hmm. learning to mother myself. Yeah. And that was something along the way that had really challenged me in, in how I was growing and expanding. But you'd mentioned rewriting the mother code. Is that a literal rewriting of our relationship with our biological mothers? Or what does that entail? And how does that help us step into the fullness of who we are as women? Yeah. Thank you. Um, well, it's, it's exactly, you know, so we can, right. But, and, and it's, it has pieces. It's everything that you said, right. So it is um, what I talked about, first of all, in the first question around expanding the definition that we all mother, that's an aspect of rewriting the mother code, but then the down and dirty work that really has to get done before we can really like, and, and, embrace that concept and live into it is rewiring from our histories, from our childhoods, mm-hmm. you know, and mother wound. Yes, for sure. Father, wound, you know, caregiver wound, just yeah. everything that like in our formation, 
you know, that's wired in us, uh, our, our mistaken beliefs, who we think we are and, and why we're supposed, you know, what we think the world is all about and all of those for better or worse that get wired in is to take that deep dive in and really exploit them, you know, see with them for what they are, heal around them. And then, you know, we can start making our own choices and decisions and start tuning into ourselves, right? And then culturally. So there's the childhood aspect and then cultural aspect of, you know, the wiring that's here in our given moment that's so powerful, you know, particularly around mothering and that, you know, one one that I mentioned and all the whole range of them about, you know, how it's supposed to go and your choices around having children, not having children. And if you do, how it's supposed to go and who you're supposed to be and all of that and really um, disrupting those paradigms. And then the, you know, once we do that, we can sort through and really truly create a vision for ourselves and who and how and what we want to mother and just what it's going to look like and mean to us and not from the outside. Yeah. Something just um, came through as you were sharing that I, I have so many questions and I, please do wrap your own personal story into any of this as it comes up. I'm just geeking out over here. So, you know, (laughs) one of the things that I've, I've seen on the path is that uh, we, we form these identities of who we are as children of mothers based on the relationship with our mother or caregiver that we formed. Mm -hmm. And then as, as the, those of us who go into biological motherhood and, and birth our own child or adopt a child, as those of us who go on to do that, we then have another identity around what it means to be a mother. So we have this identity around, around what it means to be a child, what it means to be a mother. And it feels like there are, I'll say burdens, but I think until we learn to question, there are expectations or we have an expectation of who we're meant to be. Mm. So as we're stepping into this fullest version of ourselves and mothering ourselves, mothering our creations, perhaps mothering our children, where's the first place to start as we're reconciling our identity, how we feel? Because I know that until I learn to question that I don't have to feel a certain way or that I don't have to show up and perform a certain way that for me, it was in a complete blind spot. So I had no idea that I could even question who I am as a daughter. And I, you know, I would likely have had no idea to question my identity as a mother, unless I were doing the inner work. So where do people start? If, if listeners are hearing this, and this is the first time that they're learning of this concept, where do people begin in this mothering process? And does it start with mothering ourselves so, yeah. all right. So break it down for us. It, it, it does, you know, and, and it's interesting because kind of, we can be at so many different places when the urge comes to like, I don't know, like yearn for more, right. Or know that like things are, things can be going along fine. Or you think you're kind of doing the thing you thought you could or should be doing. And, but you know, that like, what else is there or, you know, something, or, or there's a problem that usually is what prompts us, I have to say, like most of the, for me, it was when I got engaged mm. to be married to my husband and I was young. I was 23 when I got engaged. 20, wow. Yeah. 
Yeah, so young. I, <laughs> I'm 24. <clears throat> I, I was literally 24 when I got married, which now I just freaks me out. Um, because I have two daughters who are 20, almost 23 and 25. Oh, and wow. yeah, I'm like, wait, okay. So anyway, sidetrack. Um, but that was the big you know, happening. And I happen, and, and sometimes it happens like this, you know, somebody just says something to you that sparks something because I was in no way I had, I had no introduction to self-development or mm-hmm. that questioning. And I'll, I'll say a little bit more about that in a second. Um, so when my boss at the time, when I announced to him that I got engaged, I'm all excited, right. Bounce into the office and he's like, Oh, you know, kind of like, well, um, my best advice for you is to do premarital counseling. Okay. Where I don't, and I was like asking for advice. No. Um, but you know, I, I mean, I hadn't been there that long, honestly, but I'd gotten to know it was, there were only three of us. It was a startup, you know, a small company. And, um, I was very aware that he was in the midst of a contentious divorce uh-huh. and, you know, so his frame framework, I could, I could understand, but it was the best advice unsolicited advice I have probably ever gotten because even though I didn't, I, it's like following that yearning or that inkling. It's like, Hmm, like, why would I do that? Like I'm marrying this great guy. Like, you know, like he's in, in my limited thinking at the time, like he's handsome, he's masculine, he's super smart and he has money. Like that was about, that was my checklist. Right. And about, I, I didn't, well, do you even, know how to be in relationship. And then, you know, just Mm. taking a second to think about, and I was so glad for whatever reason, like a glimmer of light came in. It's like, oh yeah, my parents are really have, if I look at them as a model, they're on the brink of divorce and my husband's parents, hmm, like they're both on their second marriages and his mom's married to a second alcoholic. Oh, like, gosh, maybe, uh, maybe it'd be good to talk to somebody yeah. <laughs> and, and still in my mind though, I'm like, I want, I have this great catch and I want to keep them. Right. I can't say it was even like that, but it was enough to get started. So when, when you say like, what, what is it that you do first? It's like, follow that inkling, like, you know, and, and this was back in 1989, you know, coaching, what I, I love that things are more accessible, more available. It isn't so taboo. You know, you don't so much feel like you have to have a problem right. to, you know, go and go on a personal journey. And it was, so the biggest thing I could say is just start. Right. And that's, as you said, you know, I was on, you've been on a path of mothering yourself to me. That's the ultimate mothering yourself is your personal work, right? Like, and staying, you know, engaged where you're, you know, you're not just introspecting, you're yeah. trying new behaviors, but you're, you know, so the beginning of my journey definitely was, um, wow, it didn't take long in these first sessions. And we took it on. Oh, well, first of all, like getting the fact that my husband then agreed to do it was miracle number two, right? Cause I'm, he didn't know what the heck was going on and why would he do that? And who does my boss think he is telling us to go do this thing, whatever. All right, I guess I'll go like, Um, but luckily, I mean, I felt very grateful. We both like sat in that session and found meaning, you know, have somebody kind of reflect back to you, like what, 
may have been going on in your formation and what some things that might be happening already in your relationship and just to be seen like that and to, to know that, oh, like it doesn't have to be this way. We don't have to repeat the patterns, you know, from our upbringings and we can start exploring it. And then I think the thing to know is like, it's then a lifelong journey, right? Yeah. To whatever degree, you know, you want to take it on, you know, it, it isn't a five easy steps. It isn't, you know, six months of couples coaching and we're on our way and it's a continuous exploration, which is a beautiful exploration. And it's a, a, a rebirthing and birthing of yourself through your adult life. Cause I don't think right. that ever ends. I mean, I'm going through a huge rebirth now with our daughters, you know, full on leaving and going through menopause. Right. And yeah. I, we talked about that a little bit on my podcast and, you know, I'm thrown back into, you know, regressive, all sorts of things and relationship stuff. And it's, it's, there's always an opportunity for us to go deeper and learn more. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious to hear, um, and pick any point in your mothering process. It could be mothering of yourself. It could be mothering of your children. It could be this beautiful phase that you're entering into now, but what were some of the most pervasive emotional states that came up for you as in what felt most challenging and when those challenging states came up, how did you mother? Like, What was the, yeah. How did you mother? How did you handle those challenging emotions within yourself? Yeah. Thanks. I, I well, if there's two that come to mind, um, one, I feel like I navigated really well. And another, I feel like I didn't navigate well at all, um, which kind of led me to doing what I'm doing now. Oh, great. Perfect. The backstory. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I would say, you know, uh, when Rich and I did, we, the the whole unraveling, like I, I had a very enmeshed relationship with my mother, right? Like that was the role I chose to take on in the family system and, and really kind of turned over a, a, a fair amount of my own thinking, whatever, like her approval meant everything. And she, it was fairly robotic. Right. But, um, so when, right after we got married and not long after that, she were in a conversation, she said, Oh, well now you can, now you can have kids or now it's time to have kids. And I had now had a couple of year, a year, at least a year, maybe two of growth work under my belt. And instead of just like, Oh my God, like I, but I could hear it. Right. I could hear the, the voice like, Oh, like now it's time to have kids. Like my mom just said so, but to mm. feel so fear is a, is a big emotion that I let run my life for a long time. Like fear of disapproval, fear of not doing it right. You know, fear of upsetting my mother. Right. Um, and I just came out with this like, like powerful, I don't know, no, you know, that is not what we're doing. And not just because you're telling me I shouldn't, I shouldn't. It's like, we've decided that it's something that means we want to be married for a while before we invite children into our life. So that was like, those were like kind of a lot of moments like that. But then I would say a couple like that were really poignant again, kind of a and I would say fear would be the underlying emotion, but when we did decide about 
six years later to start trying to have kids. Um, I went off birth control and I wasn't getting my period. And mm. I was like, oh, you know, well, that's not going to go well <laughs> for this process. Yeah. Um, so by then, you know, I had been introduced to, and I was very grateful to have kind of a holistic approach to things, you know, and not just run to my, the OBGYN and Western medicine doctor and do exactly what they said. Because if I had like, I probably within like three months would have been on a whole fertility path, mm. um, which super upsets me. Um, that's a whole nother podcast for us yeah. <laughs> to yeah. talk about. Um, but, you know, basically kind of diagnosing me with this or that. And I'm like, I just know there's more to it than things aren't working and I'm going to st- get it going with a drug. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but one of the most profound moments in that, particularly that early mothering journey was um, I was in a, one of my own coaching sessions, but I was doing a body work kind of breath work session with my coach and in this breathing and like opening up my body. And um, I had, and I don't know if it, I remember now if it was prompted by a question from him, uh, but I went into it with an intention to keep like revealing and uncovering, like, why isn't my body cooperating? Like what's yeah. going on here? And I just had one of those very powerful revelations, so to speak of, oh my God, I'm terrified Dude. to be a mother. And I know I'm kind of like tearing up. It's like, I can go right back there. I'm terrified to be a mother and I'm terrified to be a mother, like, and be the mother my mother had been. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa, wow. Um, it was one of the, and it broke so many beliefs like, well, that's not a nice thing to say about my mother, you know? And by the, now I was kind of over that aspect, but it's still in there. Right. Yeah. Um, but it, I hadn't realized like just how deeply rooted, like that belief was so much so that my whole body was cooperating to make this not happen. The fear was, yeah, and the terror was so strong. So, you know, that just loosened a huge grip, you know, and then, you know, doing some of the other holistic things. Oh, by the way, I was like, you know, I was not anorexic by any means, but I was underweight. Oh, well, that we'll certainly put a little body fat on and that's going to help. And probably within about a month of that session, I started menstruating and yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think fear, if I look at all these points and I have other, you know, stories I can share that were pretty profound in that way, but it was recognizing or having brought to consciousness, um, just really deep underlying fear around. Yeah. Well, and the, so I will do the fast forward really quick, just to give the, the other, you know, the, so following that and seeing it, the fear, I didn't feel like I really resolved in the moment. It kind of acted more out of my unconscious was now having two little ones. Um, my husband's wasn't quite starting a new business yet, but he's, you know, consumed with his business. I worked until my second daughter was born, but it was overwhelming. Like I was, I felt I was could talk a little bit about how I was scared and like particularly my first didn't know what I was doing. And I felt super lost by the second one. I kind of felt like I had it going a little bit more, but still super scared. But I, I felt like 
I kind of started narrowing my scope and kind of falling into like some typical, we, there's a lot I'm proud of that we did like consciously parenting, Mm -hmm. but I'm now in the midst of like, I'm now coaching. I'm now like, you know, in running programs that are supporting women and people to have this transformational opportunity. Like in that fear, I like, I don't want to lose my husband. Like the stability, the scarcity, all of that kind of came really strong. And it's like, I'm just going to kind of toe the road, right? Yeah. Like I'm, we're going to, we're already kind of branching out, doing things a little bit different, but I'm not going to stir any more up in myself or my relationship with my husband. We're just going to kind of go along here. And I, there was something that as my girls got older, I looked on back on with regret, you know, that um, I kind of followed his mm direction, you know, like the achievement lost a lot of the feminine. I was really working on myself and my, my honoring of feminine principles and the divine feminine and all of that. And it just, that kind of all shrunk, you know, I felt like I really shrunk myself for a number of years to just keep safe and safely Mm -hmm. through Mm -hmm. it. So that's really kind of then when I had that awakening, it was like, wait, but you know, I, I saw other mothers like stay in it and women that I knew and women that I was coaching even, right. That were staying, you know, really fully engaged in it, um, and see the power of it. And I had, I had my, you know, certainly some experiences of the power of it, but even more so I knew that I missed some of it and I wanted to raise that awareness for more and more women. So we can have the choice, right. Like I, like I said, if I wasn't engaged in this kind of work, I wouldn't even have known the choice was there. Right. And that's what, what I want. Yeah. Yeah. The choice to question the assumptions, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Totally. Um, oh gosh. Something so juicy just came up as you were talking. The thought that came up was just the challenge that so many of us, I people in general, but since we're on the topic of women, how challenging it can feel to mother someone and also have those moments where we regress and we feel like children ourselves in our emotional state or, and you know, this, especially when we're carrying attachment styles from our primary caregivers and we're in relationship as adults. And now we're mothering children Mm -hmm. like that. I have found and have heard from so many mothers how little space it feels like there is sometimes for themselves, for them to be in their process. Mm-hmm. And I'm I have been working with a client, and you know, she loves, loves, loves being a mother to her two kids. She would do it over and over and over again. And she has remarked on how challenging it has felt to not have that time for her own process, mm-hmm. for her own inner child work, for her to throw a temper tantrum, for her to feel like something's unjust or unfair. And so, you know, it just speaks volumes to like the, I don't know, if, the capacity that it takes as a mother to be able to hold everything, mm-hmm. to hold the household, the children, ourselves, our partner. And so it takes a tremendous amount of capacity to do that. So one, I'm remarking on this because I, I appreciate your vulnerable share around the fact that at times you felt lost, the fact that 
you didn't know what was going to happen next. And, you know, is I think so often that's not talked about enough is mm-hmm. how challenging this journey can feel as individuals, but also as the mother of children. Um, so is there in that, is there anything that as you've gone on this journey and you've had many Phoenix rising transformations, what would you want women to know? Well, first I want them to know that they're extraordinary. Right. And I think the fact that everything that you just said about, you know, the work and how hard it is and, you know, it's, it's hard enough without the distractions of life to focus on ourselves, but children are incredibly demanding. Um, you know, it's our, our other things can be that way, but there is a 24 seven of it that is, you know, pretty unique. And as you were speaking and like sharing, it's easy for me when it's not me saying it, um, like, wow, like we're amazing. Like, yeah, yeah we are. We, like, aren't we like, just that we do this and we've been doing it forever, like for the longest time. And <laughs> there's, you know, the, the only bad thing is we're just not getting credit. Right. And we're not, uh-huh. we're not, uh-huh. And, you know, the valuing uh, ourselves and valuing just the everything from the, just the sheer um, energy that we have and wherewithal to like do what we do to, um, you know, the, the, the space, and you mentioned that the space that we hold and that we can encompass so much like that yeah. aspect of, you know, I'm going to say womanhood, but, you know, feminine aspect, right brain, however we want to, you know, term it is, you know, what I feel like is a message. I just want us all like to start embodying because it starts with us. Like if we don't value this and, and give it, you know, just everything, you know, when we're not, you don't make money raising a child, right? Like, so it's immediately put down the list of something that's important. Right. And then, um, so I think if we can start honoring it for what it is and just how amazing and, and not, not from this, like you should be super mom or super woman and do it all, but you are, you are doing a lot (laughs) and it's beautiful work and it's, needed work. And if we all like tend, if we tended to the planet and the world in the way that we, and that's, you know, ultimately what I want for all of this is that we see the power in mothering so that we can start mothering our world the way we need to. Yeah. Um, Okay. So I started with that big perspective, but then, but I wanted to drill down to to more practical with it, um, which is, you know, so yes, the, the one, this awareness that we are so cool, but then you know, there are ways that, um, that we can tend to ourselves that may not seem so it isn't just like, Oh, and I'm all for like carving out time, um, time that isn't the grocery store alone, you know, time is beyond just, you know, the, the essentials, yeah, which still, you know, enjoy it and love it, but don't think that that's our ultimate self-care. Right. But, you know, yeah, of course I'm going to advocate for carving out time for a a coach, you know, for things that take you out of that and can give you perspective and allow you to like dive in like, absolutely. And of course, like, you know, personal practices of, you know, 
getting up early and meditating. Like mm-hmm. a- absolutely. I'm, you know, all for that, but there are also things that we can do in the midst of it that I think um, aren't talked about or, or thought of so much. And I'd like to share them, which is, so this whole concept is we're talking about like mothering ourselves and like staying with ourselves and our journey while we're raising kids. Cause right. it's so easy. And that's, you know, when I say I, I lost myself and my children, it's like, Oh, I could just kind of, I don't want to like dig in here anymore, but there's so much going on out here, like plenty for me to like, you know, kind of do, but it doesn't have to be so separate. Like when I'm giving my kids things that maybe I didn't have, right. Which is another thing it, we do sometimes have to learn how to give the things that we didn't give, but sometimes when we are doing, it's like, oh, you know, I'm tending to my child in a way that I would have liked to have been tended to is to imagine myself next to my daughter. So put little me at whatever that age is. So I'm not just taking care of my child. I'm taking care of me too. And literally like Mm. start it as a practice and start visualizing yourself. Um, And, you know, when they're really little, like I'm, I always coach, you know, women that I coach to like have a tantrum right next to them. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm feeling that way too. You know, can can I, I'm, I'm going to get on the floor with you. And so it's not like about them, you know, make the distinction. Like I'm not having a tantrum at them, but I'm acknowledging like, Oh my gosh. Yes. Like let's do this. You know, like we bought, we bought, um, those like foam bats, batakas. Yeah. And it's like, let's get the batakas out and like hit the couch, you know? And like, so, you know, there's ways we can, I'm going to call it sneaking it in, but it, it really like makes a difference to kind of go along with them with what they're going, you know, right. 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 The wave that they're on. Don't when we, cause if we're going to say like, well, I'll get to myself, like after they're in bed, you know, like, no, you're exhausted and you're just going to go to bed. So I have to find ways to tend to myself through the day together. And we call it like growing yourself up with your child I and love that. raising yourself with your child. And it's also never too late to have a happy childhood, you know, kind of roll all those um, into one and put yourself, you know, into the, the mix of things. And they don't know that you're picturing little you right there and, right. <laughs> and, and holding you, you know, as, as a baby and, all of that good stuff. That's a such a beautiful concept, one that I myself have never considered. But it, you had mentioned earlier um, that you felt as if your you and your mother were enmeshed. There was an enmeshed relationship, and this sounds like there's differentiation. That there is a sense of integration with oneself while you're raising your child. You're raising yourself yeah. up, and so it's not this enmeshed or sort of codependent dynamic with the child, but there, what I love so much about this idea is that there is one, a validation of the child's experience. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. you're having a tantrum. I totally get it. Go for it. Like rage, feel your emotions because so often, so many of us were shut down. Like there was no space totally. for our emotions to be present or for anything other than nice and presentable to be there. And then two, you get an experience yourself as a human, as a person with emotions that, you know, I think it's this unspoken agreement that as 
particularly for women, I don't Mm -hmm. see this as much for men, um, that once you become a mother, like you should have it all together. You should know all the answers. Know how to do it. Right. Yeah. Just know how to do everything, know Mm -hmm. how to cure every ailment. And like, (laughs) and, and you're right. There has, I've heard from so many mothers that the one thing they want most is acknowledgement. I just Mm -hmm. want to feel appreciated. I don't have to do less. I'm happy doing and serving in the ways that I do. And I just want to be acknowledged and appreciated for how I show up. And so that's another thing that I'm hearing you say in this is it has become in some, in, in some ways, this thankless job that is just assumed that you do it, you shut up about it. And, but it's, it's by far the hardest thing, I think. Yeah. The hardest job that exists. It is. It, it's the hardest and most vulnerable. And, you know, it's, yeah. it is, it's, it's, it's a top, top challenge, you know, <laughs> it really is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I can't imagine being a world leader um, either, but uh, it's up there. Right. It, <laughs> I would agree with you. <laughs> I, would, I, I am neither a world leader nor a mother, either of those yet. And well, you are a mother. I, so I am. Mother you're children. right. Yes, we have learned. I am. I am. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and I would. I would agree with you. It's up there. It is absolutely up yeah. there. So you talked about vulnerability, and I have seen you know, I've experienced many kinds of mothering in my life from women in my family, from my own mother, from myself, and I've experienced varying levels of vulnerability across these women. Mm-hmm. And I know that there can be generational standards. There are cultural standards for vulnerability, but would you consider vulnerability to be one of the most important aspects of mothering or what if you had to boil it down, are the most important aspects of mothering mm-hmm. that if these qualities or emotional states are present will really lead to a more enriching experience for everyone. Yeah. I think that's, you know, just what you said there, the being in touch with our emotions and a willingness to, you know, in the midst of it all be raw and available emotionally and being able to, because when I can name my emotion in the midst of all that chaos, like I bring myself back to myself, like why I would say it's the most important one you're modeling for your, the, the thing that we forget is like, we think we can just like do our children versus the fact that, and you saw, you know, I think profoundly from my example, like it was my mother's example and the modeling, she could have said anything, but just being with her was the thing. So, you know, how I operate. And if I'm okay with my emotions, if I allow them and have space for them, I'm letting my children know it's okay too, um, responsibly, right? I always kind of preface our emotional states with responsibility. Um, but the the payoff in all that, because what we're talking about in this transformation opportunity or rewriting the mother code isn't like an easy path, right? It's and so, to some, it may be like, oh, why would I do that? Almost like natural childbirth, like what? No, isn't the idea to like numb all that and just like, you know, kind of have the goodies or whatever. It's like, no, the goodies are all of that. It's like, it yeah. is feeling it all fully. And, you know, that's one of the things I would say, I felt like I missed out on was like, like kind of turning myself off to those feelings for that period of time. 
but feeling it fully because then um, you're available. You're available for those precious moments, you know, for those glimmers of um, connection, you know, that you, that are possible, like with your child or with your husband or with a partner, with, you know, mothering, whatever you're mothering, it's our availability that really only comes when we are vulnerable, you know, when we're right. willing and vulnerable and any, our, uh, any of our emotions are vulnerable. So, you know, even yeah. in our full joy, we're vulnerable. Um, but that yeah. exposure, yeah. And, you know, we can get hurt. We've, like you said, we've been trained to like for all, all the reasons of like why it's not okay, you know, to, right. to have them fully. And maybe it's even dangerous. It feels like, or they were so irresponsibly expressed in our family that we just assume they're bad. Right. Right. Um, right not really realizing it's like, oh, that's where the richness is. That's where the the depth, the, but particularly I would say bringing us to the present moment. So we're available, you know, to yes. experience that moment Yeah, <laughs> and uh, it, whatever it is, you know, and kind of whatever's happening in that moment. Yeah. And I think what goes along with that too, I just wanted to mention this is because uh, also like, you know, when we don't do that, then like I, I've talked about like losing myself in, our ch- in my child, but what happened in my relationship with my mom, what I've seen other women do that don't do that is then you live through your child, right? Like, yes. and you're, yes. and we haven't quite named that yet. And that's, you know, totally understandable when we don't know, you know, a- another way or that, but it's like, oh, I'm going to have that childhood through them. I want right. to make sure that that distinction is made. It's not like through them. It's like a parallel, you know, co-voyage, so to speak, not a like, oh, I'm going to do all these things, you know, and you're going to be the me I didn't get to be. And, you know, certainly work with plenty of adults who had parents like that and and whatnot, that it's, you know, that's what we want. I I feel like it's a huge disservice to whatever, whoever, and whatever we're mothering. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's uh, almost, you know, putting the burden of our perceived unfulfilled potential onto someone else who Mm -hmm. has not even yet been able to make a decision about what they want for themselves. Exactly. That was something I myself experienced in, and I have a great relationship with my mother now, but she wanted to give me what she didn't have. And so there was a lot thrust upon me that, Mm -hmm. I think turned out in many ways. And I, I can sense that that's something I think, you know, when left unchecked can be something that slips under the radar. hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah. So if you could, I mean, this is a, a huge question. However, if, if you could boil it down to your greatest lesson or breakthrough in mothering, whether that was mothering yourself, your children, maybe even mothering your mother. um, Mm -hmm. What is the one thing that people can walk away with as like, if you knew this one thing about mothering, this would really just Mm -hmm. be a great starting point. I think the one thing, and if I'm looking at like talking to the the part of me, like, you know, that shut down when I got afraid is the risk is always worth it, right? Mm-hmm. The, the mixing it up, the um, 
you know, going into the unknown territories that um, all will be well, you know, and that, you know, there's a perspective I can have now. And this is what I'm claiming in my, you know, menopausal, like crone wise woman phase, right. Is, um, is kind of a, a bigger perspective that like what feels so, I don't know, impossible or scary or challenging right now, um, is exactly what you should go into. Right. Mm. And, and, you know, to the extent that you can have that courage to like follow, um, and go for your full satisfaction and remember that you being satisfied if we're talking particular in any, in a, really any realm of our mothering, but say it's in a family, just use that example, you know, your satisfaction, you being satisfied, um, tended to, and taken care of is what is going to be the best thing for the family are none. Yeah. I don't care what anyone tries to tell you. It is the, Oh no, it's so selfish. Like, uh, Nope, not, not, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Yeah. Um, so I know that was kind of, I wove in like more than just one thing, but hopefully it kind of felt like a one, a one-ish message. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think a lot of women, I have been waiting for that permission to have more focus on themselves, especially as mothers of children, where the focus then becomes placed on the child. And so having that permission, hearing it from another mother, I think is so, so, so valuable. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So where can everyone find you and what, what kind of work are you doing today? Sure. Um, well, I'm doing any and all manner of sharing this message, but I do do one-on-one coaching. I do workshops. I do um, masterminds, things like that. So whatever's kind of going on is on my website at drgertrudelyons.com. I also have a podcast, Mother Her. So the emphasis on the her and mothering, on rewriting the mother code. Um, and on Instagram, I'm Dr. Gertrude Lyons and LinkedIn also. So those are really the main places you can find me and find out what's happening, what's going on. Awesome. Thank you so much. I'll be sure to include all of that in the show notes. A wonderful conversation that just went in so many beautiful directions. Thank you for sharing your perspective, both as a mother and a professional. And I am sending the intention for this to reach all of the women and perhaps men that it's it's meant to reach. Well, it's been a huge blessing and honor to, to be with you, Lee. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you liked what you heard, please leave a five-star review and subscribe to the show and spread the love by sharing this episode out on social media and to all the powerful women in your life. And if you're ready to play full out and create heart-throbbing love, hop on over to my website to see all the juicy ways you can do just that www.leenoto.com. Fellow wild woman, I appreciate you. Until next time, I'm sending you so much love and all the good vibes. Mm-hmm.